This is The Point, professional investing in Australia with Pendle. Welcome to The Point podcast from Pendle. The macroeconomic environment always provides the backdrop for investors, and right now that backdrop is, shall I say, a little murky. To help us sort out what the outlook for Australia really is, I welcome Tim Hext, Head of Government Bond Strategies at Pendle. Tim, welcome back to The Point. Thanks very much, Sean. Am I being a bit harsh saying it's a little, little murky? Oh, no, it's sort of late cycle stuff going on at the moment in that, you know, the lagging indicators are lagging and the forward indicators are telling you what's going on. So, we, yeah, it always is a bit murky at these points, things pointing in all sorts of different directions. Okay, so what have we learned over the past 10 days or so, or past couple of weeks, really, with, with growth figures and Reserve Bank interest rate hikes, that type of thing? Well, the, the biggest thing we've learned is Phil Lowe is not a happy man. Um, his days at the RVA are numbered. A target was put on him fairly early on when Labor got elected, but the target was increased with the RBA um, review and the RBA review was quite critical of the Reserve Bank. Now, you'll never hear Phil Lowe say that, but he did try to defend some aspects uh, which were a bit silly in the RBA review. But he's not happy, and really the government's tried to set him up as the fall guy, and Phil Lowe is now fighting back by pointing out that the government is doing nothing to help contain inflation, even though they tried to sort of get him on some technicality around the budget. And, you know, it's all very polite, of course, Phil Lowe is, is a polite person and he still is employed by the government. But for someone who watches RBA closely and watches Phil Lowe for a number of years, it's about as much gloves off as he gets at the moment. And uh, Jim Chalmers and Phil Lowe, I don't think, will be on each other's Christmas card list, put it that way. Fair enough. So where is the economy up to? So whoever's at fault at this, where is the economy up to? I mean, where do we stand, of course, with investors in mind? Well, the interesting thing is nothing's really changed that much in the last few months. But listening to the RBA, they have decided to emphasise in a large way the idea that you can't have 4% wage growth with no productivity and end up with 2.5% inflation businesses literally will eventually have to put their prices up to recover those 4% wages. And now we knew this last year. Last year, it's not like suddenly productivity has fallen off a cliff. This was known. The RBA knew that wages were going to 4%. Again, that was known. And yet earlier in the year, they weren't banging on about this. They were far more sort of interested in the nuances around inflation. This has become a major issue for them. In fact, it's the the thing they talk most about in the last month or so. And really, as I said, there's nothing new there. But the fact they've chosen to emphasise is they're trying to make the point that, you know, wage growth is good provided it's covered by productivity and that Australia has just had no productivity for three years now. And, you know, it's a government thing more than an RBA thing, productivity. And, you know, there's all sorts of suggestions for improving productivity. We have a productivity commission, which does nothing but look at productivity. And yet Mm. there has been an unwillingness amongst politicians in general from both sides to do much about it. And Phil Lowe is throwing the ball back into their court and saying, if you really want to have wage growth and low inflation, you're going to have to do something about it. That is what we want. How do we get it? I mean, there's a lot of blame, a bit of a blame game going on, but how do we do it? Oh, look, (laughs) 
Well, there's a hell of a lot of ideas out there, and I encourage you to read the Productivity Commission report. But really, it's you know, productivity by definition is about getting more output from each worker. That you can do that via technology, you can do that by by investment, or you can do it by coming up with just better work practices. Now, I'm not going to dive into the minefield of things like industrial relations and the like, but you know, there are a whole lot of proposals on the table which, for political reasons, people aren't really willing to take on. Okay. So with that as a background, I'm an investor. How should I be thinking about the next six to 12 months in Australia? Well, they're going to be rocky because the RBA is now taking monetary policy into quite tight territory. I think the narrative a few months ago even was the RBA were happy to kind of play this game whereby, yeah, they would tighten if inflation kept accelerating, but they were going to be a little bit patient because inflation is a a lagging indicator. It's generally six to 12 months behind what's going on. So they were showing some patience and we saw that late last year when they talked about pausing. We saw it in April when they paused, but that's gone back out the door now. So we are in this territory where you are starting to see and it's going to accelerate a lot of pressure on consumers. We are already going backwards in terms of retail sales in real terms, in other words, quantity terms. Prices are still a little bit elevated, which keeps them going up in nominal terms, but we are actually buying less and we're particularly buying a lot less of discretionary items. That's already happening. That is not something. So when you hear people talk about all these rate hikes and there hasn't been an impact, there has been an impact. But it's obviously not an even impact. It hits mortgage holders very hard. But people at the other end, the very young and the very old, are not the very old, just the (laughs) people have been lucky enough to pay off their mortgage and have savings, are actually enjoying a resurgence in income. Mm -hmm. You know, term deposit rates are now pushing above 4%. So you have this very uneven territory and that's getting worse, not better. You know, one sector of the Australian economy is being hit very hard to try and bring the whole thing down. This always happens. There's, again, nothing new. But I think what you're going to start to see is a little bit more conversation around, can you be a bit more nuanced around monetary policy? It's always seen as a blunt instrument. But as we saw during COVID, you can absolutely target various segments with various measures. Between the RBA and APRA, who direct what the banks do, uh, there is a lot of capacity. And I think you'll see a lot more spoken about that. But as an investor, high rates are going to be with us for this year probably towards the middle of next year. I think the share market, I'm no equity expert on an individual basis, but on a macro basis, it's a push and pull for the equity market. You know, the idea is that equities have actually gone quite a bit backwards in recent times in in real terms. In other words, you know, they haven't kept pace with inflation. And I think that kind of the nominal economy provides a bit of support for equities. But of course, tight rates are going to mean that people are cutting back on spending. You are going to see mortgage stress. You are going to see some business stress. You are potentially going to get a recession in Australia. We are already probably in a per capita recession. And by that, I mean the only growth we're getting at the moment in the economy is from importing people. Yep, It's the old Australian way. We import people very well and we have for a long, long time and continue to do so. So the GP numbers we had last week were positive. They came in around 0.2. So, you know, avoiding a negative quarter, but on a per capita basis, they're actually down 0.3. So we are, in a sense, going backwards. Okay, so putting all that together, I suppose plenty of us really want to know what happens next in terms of interest rates, monetary policy. What's going to happen, Tim? Uh, it's very hard to predict, but it sounds like Phil Lowe's still got one more hike 
uh, he's itching to do, whether he does it in July or August, I'm not sure. The inflation data, though, will start to turn down from that point. It will start to provide some relief. The RBA should then use that as a reason to be on pause for the rest of the year. Uh, looking further beyond towards the middle of next year, I think what you're going to see is potentially US starting to cut rates early next year. And with that backdrop, there is a possibility we get lower rates in the second half of next year, even if inflation and particularly wages are remaining a little bit sticky. But that's a long way away now. Bond markets are back at 4% for 10-year bonds. And I would again encourage, this is the third time we've seen it, and I would again encourage everyone to take a bit more of a medium-term view and think about what a great rate that's going to prove to be over the next decade and uh, buy some bonds at 4% or higher because I don't think interest rates and cash rates in Australia, although they're currently 41 are going to be averaging that over the next five or 10 years. I think they will settle eventually back down in the 2 to 3% band, making a 4% government bond return. Or if you look at things like state government bonds, closer to 5%. And if you look at things like bank paper, even higher than that, that's going to prove to be a very good investment to be locking fixed rates in for at the moment. It's a little bit like mortgage holders two years ago should have locked in fixed rates uh, for their mortgages. Mm -hmm. Now I reckon investors ought to be locking in fixed rates for their investments. Tim, thank you for talking to The Point. Thanks, Sean. That was Tim Hext, Head of Government Bond Strategies at Pendle. You've been listening to The Point podcast from Pendle. I'm Sean Aylmer.